It's Tom. It's Jake. You, you already, already know. It's pretty spot on. All right, ready? All right, we are back for another quick take. Man, that sounded like some ASMR like intro. Like you were just so just. And we're back. For I think by quick. like we're probably at episode like who knows now. Yeah, but it's cool. I mean, we're probably upwards of. 14 or I so. I mean, if you're listening now, it means you probably rock with just what we're trying to do. And obviously we're going to dive into a quick take, but just want to obviously just maybe do a just global appreciation for the listeners and watchers, because this uh, yeah. has been super fun. I literally flew in here today. today just to record these. And I wouldn't do that if it wasn't like obviously yeah. getting your guys' positive feedback. So yeah, it's not like it's by any means some huge podcast no, and we're yeah. getting all this stuff, but it's just, we know you guys get value out of it. And so, and we enjoy riffing and talking like, you know, which we just had our first guest on today, which is, you know, some people and that was fun to like talk to them and get those stories. And we want to do more of that. And yeah, it's fun riffing and telling stories and helping you guys out with stuff. So yeah, without further ado, what's, uh, what are we kind of, yeah. So I thought a cool episode that we can dive into is talking about something that I think not only like all creators like suffer or at least struggle with, but I think like literally everybody deals with this in some varying degree. And that is imposter syndrome. Kind of the idea of feeling like you are a fraud or maybe that you're not qualified or inadequate at doing whatever you're doing. Um, So yeah, I just kind of wanted to maybe open it up for conversation and maybe speak to maybe instances in our career where we've felt that. And then maybe like kind of like how you would potentially, yeah, maybe uh, deal with something like that, you know? Yeah, I think... I put out because we were talking about maybe talking about that in a podcast episode. And then I think I just put on my Instagram just to see like what people were feeling and how they thought about it. I said, do you struggle with imposter syndrome? And I put it on my story and put it on my feed. And there was like hundreds of comments about like, yes, every day, every day, this is me, blah, blah, blah. Like a lot of people. I was surprised. Like, Yeah, no, totally. I mean, so I guess I can kind of speak to, let's just maybe chat about what it is and why we think it exists. I mean, imposter syndrome is essentially, I guess, for the context of this podcast, being a filmmaking podcast, I'll use the example of like a director. There's probably a lot of directors listening. Say you are a director, maybe you're having a little bit of a run, you're finding some success in it, and you're putting out your work on Instagram. Naturally, you're going to follow other directors. So your Instagram feed or whatever social you're on, you're following other like-minded individuals, and you're kind of always being served their stuff, right? You're seeing hyper-curated their stills, you're seeing other people's successes. And I think social media really is a big culprit to feeling like an imposter because if you're like in this instance, that director I'm talking about, and you're constantly seeing the other people that maybe are your friends or people you follow or are inspired by constantly be putting out like just the most insane work, you know, curated stills, Vimeo staff pick, all these accolades. You're kind of looking at yourself like, damn, like what What the heck? Not even like at a jealous tendency, like, oh, I, I should be doing that. Just more like, damn, like, what am I doing wrong? Because I'm not doing those things. Yeah. So, and it's like, it can be a toxic sort of thing. And I, I I just thought this would be kind of a cool opportunity to like speak on that to some degree, you know? Yeah. I think everyone struggles with it at some point for a little bit. And maybe it's not for like a, an extreme amount for a long time, but when you're coming up, you're trying to find your way. And yeah, if you do find success and then you're kind of, you know, comparing, it's it's kind of a, a little bit more of like that 
like imposter syndrome comes from comparing yourself to other people, 100%. right? Because then you feel like, oh, like I don't live up to that or I'm not doing what they're doing. Am I even good enough? I feel like kind of a fraud in this space. Like, and yeah, imposter syndrome is a new word to me. Like I, I didn't really know much about it until you said that. And sure. then like, I, I think you've touched on it in the past and I looked up what it is. And then that's when I asked the question. I think the main reason is too, is like we wholeheartedly as a this isn't even just regarding filmmaking just as like human nature we know what's going on in here we know what we're thinking about we know how we're feeling but we only know what other people are feeling based on what they show us we only see their outer skin and if what other people are showing us other people we follow or are inspired by are only showing us one version maybe a version of them succeeding winning doing all these things we don't know that they're also struggling like us. We don't know that that director that you maybe follow who you're, you know, maybe sort of feeling like, dang, like what, why am I not like where he is? Like whatever, like those, those thoughts come from you looking at that person and they've sculpted this vision of what they're doing by curating certain work. And that can be a vicious cycle. And it's definitely psyched me out more when I was shooting because I'd follow a bunch of cinematographers. Right. And I think the thing with Instagram, I know you post very frequently, there's nothing wrong with that, but there are people who post semi infrequently. And when they do post, it's kind of these like monolith projects that they've been working on for months. So when that kind of hits their feet, it's like, holy crap, like these, it's like those 10 frames they just posted might've been a six month long project, but you're just seeing the most upper echelon, high, yeah. highly curated stuff. So it's like kind of toxic to compare yourself to something that's like at a, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just a very, th it's a thing I think a lot of creatives do struggle with is like comparing yourself to others. Yeah. Is, but is imposter syndrome like, is it comparing yourself? Well, it's feeling like, like you're like not qualified and, to be doing yeah. the thing you're doing. And I think gotcha. that stems from seeing comparing. other people succeed, you know? Right. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I like really struggled with it at a certain point. I know for me coming up, even though I had a very successful, like essentially YouTube career and built this huge platform and millions of views, I mean, 800,000 plus subscribers, um, you know, and we we're averaging 20 to 30 million views a month. And I made a bunch of money and, and basically did a little bit of what I set out to do. There were still moments of like, yeah, I guess self-doubt or like, how do I keep this going? Or like, is what if this, you know, kind of ends? Am I, am I good enough to ever do these huge, huge projects? Sure. Like I know I'm doing it on this level and I'm very successful making money here, but am I good enough to do, you know, these high level things? And there's, I mean, I think anyone coming up, there's always going to be, um, moments of of doubt and wondering if totally. you're good enough i think i was listening to a uh, podcast that m night was on and he was talking about every movie he went into he was just like is this my last movie yeah and it's like bro he's academy award winner role, iconic films and he goes into each movie like this might be like my last movie is, mm -hmm. is it even going to be good like and because i know he had a little run where some of them weren't right. the most commercially right. viable you know but i i just think i don't i just don't think you're at any level and don't have moments and feelings you know of, what's crazy is there's never a moment in which you arrive in which those feelings dissipate yeah. you would think that like when you're starting out it's like okay if i can just get here 
I won't feel like a fraud or, and I say fraud, I know it's like kind of like a derogatory term, but just feeling inadequate at your position. But I feel like there's no level in which that fades away. And that's case in point is one of the biggest Hollywood directors still to this day doing million dollar movies still feels underqualified or maybe that it's just like his run is over. Right. No, I, I found that very interesting. And I think it made me understand that again, like, which I I feel like I've always understood, but I I think it made me understand further. Like, I don't think Jake, no matter what you do, you're always going to be, I'll say this, like it asks you this question, Tom, sorry, I'm kind of getting derailed here by my own thoughts. Um, (laughs) Do you, do you think that's also a sign of like, like knowing that, like holding a higher bar for yourself, like thinking like, how am I trying to put this? I'm really getting lost in my thoughts here. Like I always feel like I can do more, I can be better. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like I feel like there's a lot of that might, that doubt stems from like, honestly, I just got totally sidetracked. No, you're good, man. I'm trying to think how to put it. I've definitely for me because i do post more infrequently and i'm mostly speaking to instagram and it's it's tricky because you have people and i think maybe there might be something you could touch on because i don't think you follow very many people and no. maybe that was part of was the, part the of, psychology no, that's a, that's a of that you know is maybe maybe not wanting to like constantly being served other people's work for yeah. whatever reason that might be but i don't know as like a filmmaker cinematographers you know steadicam operator now i do follow a lot of people and i say a lot i mean under a thousand but that maybe is a lot to some people um and yeah you're definitely being served or seeing as you scroll and stuff like other people doing the thing that you very much want to or are doing to maybe varying degrees maybe even more than you and yeah it's like it definitely can get in your psychology i think grass grass is greener on the you know always greener on the other side and i think that's something that you should always like can kind of consider is like, yes, these people might be doing the thing you really want to do. But I, I mean, I think Ludacris said it best in like one of his songs. He literally says, you know, I was, I was rapping. Then I just wanted to make movies. Then I started making movies and all I wanted to do was rap. Like you, you like, you think you want to do this. It's like, oh, I see all these people art, probably other artists making movies and starting to get into acting. He's like, I want to do that. So he does all the fast and furious stuff and he gets so deep into that and he gets away from rapping. He's like, man, fuck movies. All I want to do is rap. I want to be a rapper again. I want to. So I think it's like, it's we easy. We kind of always want the thing we don't have. Right. A hundred percent. And, I and think, in that journey of transitioning, you're kind of feeling like you're not really maybe qualified. Right. right. You know, and I'm sure Ludacris maybe is an actor is working with like Jamie Foxx and all these other actors and he's feeling like a total imposter. Like, dude, I don't, I, I, how do I, how yeah. am I even up to snuff with no, these guys? And I think that's you know a, I mean? a great way to put it. Cause I, I feel like, I guess I feel that sometimes in terms of like, you know, obviously we do a bunch of different things and, I, there's times where it's like, obviously filmmaking was and videos and directing music videos is more the forefront. And now that's a little, I mean, I still do it, but it's definitely not as heavy as like working on all our various businesses and other ideas I have in my head that I want to cook up something I'm talking about with doing with Zach right now. And it's like, I think the further you pull yourself also away from that thing, it makes you miss that thing and make you go like, am I good enough to do that thing still? Am I like, should I still be doing that thing? Was I even really that good to begin with? Like, sure. And so you kind of doubt yourself in that way. And, but yeah, I think the grass is always greener on the other side. So if you're watching someone's life and going, Oh, that's what I want to do. I want to do that. Look, they're on set every day. Well, the con to that is like, they have no personal life. They're working just physically. And who knows, they might be on their feet envious of you because you're have this maybe financial freedom or whatever picture you're painting. So it's like, it's so funny that the people who are kind of eyeing 
denying one another, are you never wishing. know their perspe- per- perception of you. you know yeah. What I, mean? yeah. I might feel I'm not good at X, Y, and Z. And like, why can't I be like so-and-so? And who knows? So-and-so might be so like envious of what you're doing. You know yeah. what I mean? You never know. Yeah. Like so. I actually, I remember one moment of where I was kind of like, fuck dude like am i going down the right path of which of what i want to do um i was like in a hotel i don't remember what trip i was on but i was semi randomly or no it was probably two years a year ago mm-hmm. yeah probably like a year ago and i remember watching this short film and seeing how it got picked up to be a feature mm-hmm. and all this stuff and now it he's on the, this kid like literally i don't and i say kid maybe like 27 like you know 20, young, 26 yeah. a younger guy maybe even younger than that um got that picked up and is turning into a feature and did another short and that got picked up to be a feature and now he's like taking meetings with amblin entertainment and all damn. this stuff and it's like damn like but like also like i went on like a crazy deep dive and like you know was working a nine to five um you know it was just like grinding his life away to like hopefully make one of these scripts work hopefully i mean all the pieces and stars aligned to where it happened for him. But he might be over there going like, Dan, like that is so stressful. All of that is so much. I want what this guy has where he can just like kind of has things flowing. He can kick back. He can do whatever he wants. Like I have to make this thing work. This is my thing. And if it doesn't work, like then what? So totally. But I remember seeing like that because it's like, obviously I think anyone that gets into the video production stuff wants to make movies and films and so there's times where I'm going like, damn, am I like, if I, am I ever going to do that? And not that I feel like I'm underqualified. I think I'd make a damn good movie. No, like 100%. I, I feel, I don't feel imposter syndrome in that way. I like, or a fraud. Cause I feel like if I was given the budget and the time, like I'd make a, there's so many movies I watch and I'm just like, dude, I, how did this get made? I, know, I would, yeah. I would crush, th- like I would do something 10 times better than this sure. if you gave me the same budget. And so I don't feel an imposter in that way, but I do have those moments of like, ah, like that's kind of what I was, like, I was trying to get know. to. I know maybe that term uh, maybe loosely applies to what I was talking about. I think it right. kind of stems to just feeling like maybe you're not where you belong or right. wanting to be somewhere where you're not. So it can be any sort of variable of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I try and always, like I said, take that with a grain of salt. Cause like my uncle was a movie director and I got to be on some of his really big sets when I was like, 18, 19, like mummy, 20. Right? Uh, he did The Mummy, but that was long before I even knew he did movies. Hmm. Um, but I got to be on like G.I. Joe um, and beyond that. It was like a 200 something million dollar budget. Like the, it was crazy. The set was nuts. I got to be on the back lot when he did Hotel for Dogs and some other stuff. But like, you know, um, the, we we're tight. Our families are tight and me and Chanel go up there and visit and we'll have dinner and we, we love them and I'll, you know, I'll chat and pick his brain and just hear some of his stories. And we, and I always sometimes ask him for advice on stuff or send him ideas. And, but he was just like, Hey, don't stop what you're doing. Like you got a really good thing going. Like, you know, it's, it's not all glitz and glam. Like, and I remember being on a couple of those movie sets, almost questioning myself, do I want to do this? Because when I was like 18, and I just see him as the director up at 5 a.m., go all day shooting this movie, $200 million riding on his shoulder and the director's shoulder. Then he comes back late at night, watches dailies all night to 
plan and prep for the next oh, yeah. day for like six days in a row. I mean, me as an 18 year old kid wasn't even doing anything, had none of those financial responsibilities. The the movie responsibility yeah. was exhausted. And it's just like, yeah. I remember having this thought like, do I really want to do this? I this remember seems a director. I don't know if it was like Tarantino or Scorsese, like one of the major directors. They say like anytime they go and direct a project, part of their life is left with that project. So like you're literally giving five, 10% of your life, like like your soul essentially yeah. to, you know, uh, Reservoir Dogs or whatever movie. And it's like, you're kind of like giving part of yourself yeah. up because you're just literally, the movie just consumes you for that year or two that you're shooting, editing, directing. So it's like part of your life just A doesn't percentage exist. of it just goes away to And that. that's what's so tricky as we've kind of moved towards doing the businesses and companies and locations. It's like, there's, those are a lot of, for the sake of this explanation, like gardens that constantly need watering that like if we were to go on a different path at this moment and say direct or, you know, go do a movie like, you know, yeah. your uncle and disappear for a month. It's like, would that garden just like wilt and die? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, It's just a conversation. I, I, I agree with you, man. I've definitely kind of grappled with like, you know, because we're relatively young in our right. 30s. Like what, you know, there's a lot of life left. Like, right. and it's crazy in the six seven years i've known you like just that trajectory that upward trajectory of what we've done in that time so it's like what is another 10 years from now right, like you know right and i also think another thing too is i feel like we kind of have standards for ourselves right maybe that's a standard of the kind of work you want to make maybe that's for you like a short film or a feature or maybe like a, a, a certain shoot that's colored a certain way like there's a standard of work that you want to put out and for me it's a standard of work of maybe the echelon of the project or X, Y, and Z. So when you're doing stuff that's maybe not quite that standard, that's also maybe where the, some of those like vicious, toxic thoughts yeah. of like, oh man, why am I not doing? And then you're kind of like, and it's so, and I struggle with this, like putting out certain things and showing people that you're doing certain things. It's like, not even that you're not proud of that piece of work. You're just like, oh man, are people going to like, I don't know. It's just like, it's a crazy weird whirlwind that I think we're all in and kind of figuring out firsthand, yeah. especially with social media and now being kind of like your portfolio. Like if you go to someone's Instagram within a few seconds you can gauge their tastes their sensibilities oh cool he's got like this kind of film vibe or oh cool he's got like a very he shoots car photography like you within a moment get someone's brand and within those little subsets those people are probably trying to constantly curate the next post to continue that sort of story or yeah. that sort of brand if you will yeah I gave up my content curation on Instagram long ago just because I do too much stuff to where I can't do that mm -hmm. like you know what I mean like and uh, like there's some DPs or directors where the only thing they're sharing is like their stills. Yeah. That's it. And they can curate that. But like for me with like being a face for, you know, and having the YouTube channel, the podcast, the, you know, Prism Lens Effects, Tropicolor, doing the film stuff, like, but also being someone who takes social media seriously because I know it can benefit a lot of things and like making the, the little reels that I necessarily maybe wouldn't normally do, but I know it helps push businesses and, and gain reach new audiences like i i gave up yeah i tried to curate i think like probably back in like i don't know 2016 15 mm. 16 and would like try and make sure like oh my feed was aesthetically pleasing that crazy? and stuff Some and it's even just plan like plan out like okay i gotta this you know how it's like in rows yeah, of three yeah. people i've you know 
all right, this next row is going to be a little warmer because this last row was cooler. Cool. And yeah, it's just yeah. like, just post a photo. That's crazy. Know? And I, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think everyone to some varying degree maybe has standards of the way they want to present themselves. Because yeah. I also think it's like a pretty oversaturated market in terms of like if any any sort of creative field, but like you're kind of like, what am I doing to like stand out? And yeah. that's kind of the psychology of like maybe hyper curating your feed because you want to not just, remember when Instagram just be like, oh, post a picture of a pizza, throw an X pro <laughs> filter on it. Cool. It's like, Instagram yeah. turned from like a photo sharing app until into a portfolio sharing app. And yeah. it's like, I haven't even updated my Squarespace website in years. Cause it's like, if you want to see what I'm up to, you'll either watch my stories or like see some of the little snippets yeah, I post. I it's agree. like, and it's like, I've, it's funny how a, a sort of like whimsical photo sharing app has turned into something that's very much like so much the through line of like how we get hired. Yeah. Uh, dude, I get, you know, I'm sure you do too, a DM and people are like, Hey, love your feed. Love that. Love that. Um, you, I don't know if you want to share that story. Someone saw the video we did for American Ga or you did for American Gangster oh, yeah, yeah. and that just came from your feed on Instagram. They yeah. saw the behind the scenes and now you're in talks to like help with the feature films. So like yeah. opportunities come from the curation. Oh, and even sorta. like all, a lot of the big stuff I've done, the ASU baseball show came from because those guys followed me on Instagram and they liked my work and they saw me doing the football show with Nat and posting all about that and like sharing stills, videos and they're like, yo, we got a baseball show. Like uh, we see you're doing these sports like you interested in this mm. and i was like cool boom but had i never shared that like i never sure. would have got that job so it's in social media is important but it sucks because a lot of people use it in the incorrect way in terms or not use it in the incorrect way but um you know kind of try and spend too much time on it or compare their lives and i think that was one thing early on of why i unfollowed a bunch of people i was like look i i only care about what I'm doing and what like my close friends are doing. Like, I don't want to be inundated with what everyone else is doing. I don't want to like also have my work end up feeling like someone else's because I'm taking in so much of what someone else, how they direct or how they shoot or how their stuff looks. And now I'm essentially like copying them. Sure. And so that was like, an I found early on, like when I was like super in, you know, the come up mode and in Instagram early 2014, 15, and I was starting to really pop. I would, you know, I was following a lot of people then too, but I was like starting to do the stuff that like was popular, like sure. those little like Sam Colder transitions and YouTube warp stuff. And then I found myself going, I'm like, why am I doing this? And it's because I'm looking at this sure. stuff all day. So it was like, I made the conscious decision. I forget when I did it, but just to unfollow everyone. I literally unfollowed everyone. And then slowly but surely, I followed like my brother and Zach and you and like my close circle of people. Sure. And then I follow like three random people like Connor McGregor, uh, Danny Duncan and like, well, like, I don't know. Jake a couple, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> no, not Jake Paul, but although he's, he's growing on me a little bit more, but anyways, like, yeah. And so I do that as a way to like not spend more time on the app than I need to because I, because I already have to spend so much time on it doing all the social media sure. stuff for all the different Instagrams no, we yeah. have. So it's I like, you did like a YouTube video, like day in the life. And I remember the comments like, dude, that's a lot of screens. It's like, dude, you have to, you know yeah. what I mean? Like the DMS alone for Tropic sometimes take 30 minutes to go through. Not only that, you're doing it for Prism and a few others. So it's yeah. like, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot, you know? And yeah. Like, so anything I can do to cut down and obviously if I follow more people, I'm going to be sitting there scrolling, seeing what everyone's up well, to watching do a follow story, up so. because, you know, I do think people use Instagram and their fault, the people they follow to, yeah. I mean, I essentially maybe get inspiration. I'll even sometimes send you a screenshot like, yo, check out this cool rig. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. like, how do you go about since you're only following your immediate friends, many of which are probably not even filmmakers, like, you know, 
Right. They're a pretty small core, like what, 25 people. Yeah. What do you do or do you actively like go, how do you like sort of find or get inspiration? Because I mean, are you going to, are you just like watching stuff on YouTube and grabbing a screenshot like Pinterest? Like, because I feel like a lot of people use Instagram and their feed to, you know, get inspiration for ideas. I mean, I might ex- like on the explore page, because a lot of times I have to go search for those real sounds mm. to like make a new reel. Sure. And so if I s- scroll on the explore page, like I'll find maybe some stuff here or there. That's cool. Um, but yeah, a lot of times it's just in life, just doing life, you know, or watching a movie. It's like, oh, that that idea would be cool if we did something like that or, you know. But I try I try not to like watch YouTuber videos, f- watch stuff on Instagram. Like I said, I already have to do enough of that. I already have enough screen time between all of our sure. businesses from the back end to the social media to the uploading stuff on YouTube, all that stuff. Like if I just inundate myself with even more by now consuming other people's stuff too, it just eats into my productivity. But then it's like, it also could influence my stuff. And I just want to create how I would create, um, you know, so I, I just try not to consume a lot of stuff. I mean, it's, no, that's totally fair. Know, definitely. So. Yeah. I definitely think like doing other things is also a good way to just get inspired. And I think sometimes too, especially when I was like in film school, you kind of get stuck in this bubble where all your friends are filmmakers, all the people you follow are filmmakers. So you're kind of always in this weird bubble. And it's like kind of cool to like, not only like meet, but also like follow or interact with people who like literally don't know anything about cameras. Yeah. And it's just like, now you're getting a new perspective into their lives. Yeah. And I remember when we were doing like the WPSN shoot down in Georgia and the guy had built that cool location. I was picking his brain because that guy literally, had, he's just like, he just builds things. He's like a woodworker. And yeah. it was just like, damn, that's so cool. And he like built that whole uh, Afghanistan set. And it's just like, wow, like this guy has no idea what all these cameras are. And like, he's just got his own lane. It's just like cool to like surround yourself with people that are very different. Cause I actually, in a weird way, I think that kind of will somehow maybe trickle in subconsciously and inform your work is like having these new experiences and you know what I mean? So, yeah. And I have this question for you. I'm going to just preface it with saying like uh, my, my side of it, but like, I feel like the one thing I struggle with most is like, where to fully put my attention. Like, what do I really want to do? Because like, obviously like me, I'm sure you want to shoot movies, do the movie stuff. And it's like, I know I really want to do that. And I know I have really good ideas, but at the same time, we have all this great stuff going on that I do not want to neglect, but I don't want to neglect my dream either. But I know if I pursue that, that takes so much time, effort, and energy, and I wouldn't be able to give it to these growing, budding businesses. Because here's my thought too, the second we start to go too far one way, I think the the reason a lot of the companies we've built have value and are successful is because we are also at the same time doing the thing, thing, the North Star goal of like becoming a filmmaker. So that is constantly informing and kind of helping our work. If we completely retired from filmmakers and had all these filmmaking brands, people be like, why would I like watch your guys' course or buy your guys' stuff if you're not even in the game, like your fingers off the pole. So it's like, you have to kind of like do both at the same time. It's tricky, man. I mean, at a certain point, I feel like you have to kind of just do like a Mark Zuckerberg where like, obviously he started out in his dorm room and you start to just bring on more people. And I guarantee you he's not doing the minutia every day he's just doing the broad strokes high level like okay i want to do this and this and it's like the team now does that so it's like because i feel like otherwise yeah we would we we our hands are in so many jars right now where if we were to like walk away i think things inherently would sort of like 
I don't know, suffer yeah. to some degree. Yeah, and it's tough. Because I know we want to make a feature this summer, man. I know. At the I, date of this recording and end of 2021, like we want to do something in 2022. And yeah, I mean, it's like, that's, I want to kind of make that like a North Star goal, but like, what do we do to, yeah. you know, make that happen? So, yeah, I know. Cause like, like I said, I've had that conversation with my uncle and he's like, don't, don't stop what you're doing right now. He's like, if it's working, it's working. Like there's always like, that's what I kind of think about is like, like, all right, I keep at this for another five years and we really build these things up and they kind of take them to the top place they could be or like whatever. And it's like, cool. At 36, five years from now, like I could start doing movies then and really focus on that. Maybe I'll be more just mature, wiser, and that might be the perfect time to go in and and do it and focus in on it then. But like, do I want to wait five years? Like, I I don't want to feel like I'm like missing out or missing my chance to do the film sure. stuff. Because I've had a lot of, I've had industry people who've done big movies, who've had stuff out on Netflix in the theaters that like have approached me and like, what ideas do you have? Love your work. Like make a short film, bring it to me and I'll get you a deal. And it's sure. just like, ah, but like, you know, it's just, uh, it's so tough. And that's where I think my biggest struggle in life is that like, how like how much focus and attention do I really give this film shit and really push it? Cause I know like, I always know if you're not a hundred percent into something, like it's hard to make that thing really grow and flourish. Like 100%. with Prism early on, we had to give that most of our attention and it was able to grow because we gave it that attention. Mm-hmm. But had we like never showed up to the warehouse, never shipped out orders or done stuff, like it wouldn't be what it is today. Totally. So it's like, yeah, I always struggle with like, when do I make that harder pivot and like really try and focus in on the movie stuff um, versus like what we got going on with everything else. And that's, that's for ultim- me, that's my biggest struggle, I think. For you know? sure. I mean, that's kind of ultimately, and I've mentioned it in earlier episodes, the main reason I actually pivoted from cinematography to operating is operating allows me to go in one day, don't need to read the script. I mean, I, I do, but I, it's like the level of prep is very narrow. I show up, I just have to ask like what camera package they're using. I show up, I fly the camera around and I usually leave in eight to 10 hours and get paid right. a, a decent amount of money where prior as a cinematographer, there'd be several scouts, the day of the shoot, several color sessions. And it's just like that amount of time for one project i just was not able to give it that attention and i think that's something that you're struggling with is like this thing you want to do requires all this sort of pre-scout shoot at it's like that's a massive timeline you know yeah because yeah i just have so many ideas rattling around in my brain and on my desktop like one pages for features feature ideas little you know outlines and you know i want to turn them into scripts but i myself am not like a script writer i'm not the greatest like writer and so like i need to find someone that i can meet with partner up with tell them my ideas and so they can go but it's like all that takes a lot of time energy and work and effort and like do i you know kind of move in that direction more than like what i'm doing now and it's like yeah so that's definitely like i said the biggest struggle for me and um like when when do i make that pivot or shift and like sure. you know and do i ever like or do i just am i fine with just doing the well, those kinda, smaller funny? film like production it's kind of like the the ludicrous reference you're kind of wanting the thing you don't have right. but who's to say when you're directing this movie you're like, like damn fuck. like yeah. i miss when i was able to work from home and kind of build yeah. my own hours so it's like you never yeah. know man no i know and that's what i try and look at it too if i'm ever like man there's no reason i shouldn't be doing that movie right now and it's like well you know, 
maybe I would be miserable like being away for, you know, three months but trying you know to shoot what I think that this thing. Is, I don't bro, know. And I it's funny, we're almost kind of like using the the pilot of this episode to kind of like segue into like the things that we want to do next year, yeah, which I think yeah. is cool. Um is in a way, you might be able to look at this as an opportunity. Like, remember, we kind of talked about our LA story where you just kind of have to do it. If I stayed in the Bay Area and I like, I feel like if I just never left, I'd always every day be wondering what would have happened if I went down there? Right. Like, what opportunity? Like, what? And if it didn't work out, I probably would have moved back home. So, like, I wonder if you just maybe just give it your 100% kind of in that Zach episode, like, just give it everything. And if it doesn't work out, at least there's like, like a baseline to return to where I wonder right. if like, but I, otherwise I think it will, I wouldn't say haunt you, but it probably will be always on your mind yeah. of like, I wonder what if, you know what I mean? Yeah. So no, I mean a hundred percent. And that's like what I said, the struggle, the battle. It's like, I don't want to be that. Let me ask you, cause yeah. I, there's something I actually struggle with or have struggled with. And it definitely is the social media stuff. And I wonder if this might actually add some value to people listening or watching is I remember once I was like, you know, obviously I'm, I'm very much proud of what we're doing with our companies. And I like shared a video to my feed story. And this is a while ago and I won't name his name, but a Steadicam operator who I, you know, follow and I respect his work DM. He's like, Hey, just heads up, man. Like people who are going to be hiring as a Steadicam operator are only going to hire you. If they go to your feed and see that you're only doing Steadicam, you posting all this other stuff is really going to hurt your chance. And I, I obviously didn't take, I still post our company's videos and stuff, but I was like, damn, like I, that's kind of crazy. And like, I started to think in my head, I was like, damn, like, I, I wonder, is this the right path? If like, I, I have to like curate my feed to a perspective director or so much. It's like, fuck that. I want to do my own thing. But it's also like always kind of grappling in my head is like, damn, is that like going to like hinder my success? If like, that's the perceived feed that I need to like, uh, I don't know. I, I know it's kind of maybe getting a little cryptic, but like, that's yeah. something back to that imposter syndrome of like, damn, like, am I... I don't know. It's like definitely something I definitely have struggled with is kind of knowing how to navigate that. You know what I mean? I think you're just with social media, you're always going to deal with people that have their opinions and that, that one that's more, um, I don't want to say negative, but like kind of negative or downputting, you're going to take much more to heart than, you know, the nine other positive ones that you did. Yeah. Because like, I can't tell you how many people whose lives we've probably changed through the products we've made, the courses that we've offered, the things that we show and teach that like is there, there's value in that. And like, we've made impact on people's lives. The messages I get of just like, yo, like I have a career now because of you or this or that because of this product or because of what you shared on mm -hmm. YouTube. And so like, a, like a lot of those people, like, yeah, if you're kind of like a, uh, industry snob and you're like, yeah, people are only going to hire you if you yeah. post steady cam stuff or like, that's just his opinion. And it could not be true at all. Isn't that crazy like, though how sometimes we let that one opinion voice. sometimes almost overshadow all the cool stuff that we're doing. Yeah, like it's yeah. just like, and I'm sure you probably do or have gotten it when you did a lot of the YouTube stuff, you'd get like 30 good comments, but one like, this is whack, bro. Color sucks. And it's just like, Oh my God. You just like, right. not that that really hits home or like, but you're just like, 
what did I do? And I don't know if like we could kind of use this as an opportunity to like maybe just do a sidebar on just like dealing with like internet trolls and dealing with people because yeah. that thing definitely derailed me for a moment in my headspace. And it's just like, I know you're at a, a higher tier in terms of like having more followers and like right. people, obviously there's a little bit more brand awareness with you being the face of a lot of things. So it's like, I'm sure yeah, people I get, love I'm the one that gets attacked just because I, I am more vocal, but I think I've, it's been made so like, like I've put my face out there more. I feel like as a lot of the front facing on the the brands and stuff. I think and from so, the inception of a lot of the brands is like, hey, look, I and, and I've gotten better at being in front of the camera, but it's like, hey, look, I'm good at this back end stuff, servers, websites, and you're very much on the heels of making a very successful YouTube channel. Like right. you be the the face, and it's right. like that was kind of always the the deal or like the idea. So it's like you being the face, unfortunately, does come with people being like, yeah. this is whack. I would never use it, and it's like some of that you can just sweep under the rug but some of it's just like kind of hurtful yeah you know what i mean yeah so like i guess my question to you is like how do you deal with that stuff do you just I mean, it's hard to deal delete with the hard. comment and move on or like do you i mean i'm sure some have really kind of like really been some i try and respond to in a more positive way like hey understand it from this perspective or like you know because like so much stuff can be taken out of context on social media and whatnot and some people may think you're being arrogant or that you're being uh down putting or whatever when you're not at all and you made a simple statement but they read it the wrong way and then yeah or just like yeah they don't vibe with your work but there's 10 other people that do and then being like yo bro this fucking sucks is gonna eat at you more than like the other people are like yo awesome fire emoji da 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 you're 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 looking at that one like damn does this fucking suck I like know. you know what i mean and so yeah. it's, it's hard to deal with and so i yeah, mean we call them like keyboard warriors like yeah but I, there's always going to be the 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 thing i always try and look at there's always going to be people that don't vibe with you that don't like your stuff or that have an opinion like there's i mean drake there's probably you know the greatest rapper all time and i can't it's tell Kanye, you there's Kanye's better yeah, yeah. There's, there's just internet trolls or people who just genuinely don't like drake and think he's trash or that he's not good or he can't make a good song on his own like he always needs features or whatever they say mm -hmm. like and it doesn't matter how successful you are how good you are how talented you are there's always going to be people that disagree that don't think you're talented or that think your stuff's not to the so it's just like it's impossible and so you just got to always think hey like not everyone's gonna vibe and with you my can't shit and like that's okay. let them steer the ship because i feel like the reason i think we've had whatever success we've had is because we kind of are like i don't know the masters of our own destiny like we're doing what we want to do and if we start like listening to the negative feedback and letting it kind of like steer it in the direction they want like i don't know i just feel like i'm I haven't gotten too much of it. I, I did kind of speak to like that guy, which was definitely kind of annoying. But I mean, I feel like not taking it too much to heart where now you're like doing a huge pivot well, to satisfy this, these people. This is the thing too. People that I'm telling you right now, people that share negative, you know, opinions, feedback, comments are not happy with their lives. I wonder if hey, it also stems to our early point. Maybe they just sort of feel like they're inadequate at their yeah, position and opposed to harboring it. Down. They're like, I'm going to pull this, this person, person that I idolize down to my level. Yeah. And I think that's like super Because I'm telling you, like, there's never, there's never a point in my life or never has been a point where I'm going to go comment something just just mean and nasty to someone else because I'm, I'm cool. I'm content with my life. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm happy. Something like I'm clearly not, is not right. When, when you you're, know. I know the closest moments that I've ever 
maybe been to those moments or when I'm frustrated or angry or something's bothering me and I'm not in a good mood, you tend to what? Lash out, be more short patient. Like like you might. So it's like, you just have to know that a lot of these negative comments or hate or whatever are coming from people who are genuinely either in a bad mood or unhappy Mm. or like just don't, they're not in a good place, right? Because positive stuff is not going to come from a negative mindset. And so like, you have to just understand that. And there's been messages where someone sends me something nasty and I'm like, I might respond nice in a positive way. Oh, sorry. You feel that way. And they might be like, literally just completely turn and be like, Oh my bad, bro. I didn't think you'd see this. Like I'm, you've inspired me over the last few years. Like it's weird. It's weird. And like people will just, anytime you see anything negative or hateful or spiteful, it's usually coming from a place of that person is not happy, whether it's in that moment or just in their life in general. And so it's like, yeah, hurt people, hurt people. They want to drag them down to their level. And like, it's something I try and always remind myself because, yeah, still to this day, I'll, you know, post something and, and just even, just even trolling, uh, I think it was like two days ago. I posted that photo of me with my shirt off. I just got done working out. Uh I've been working out really hard lately. And so I just was sharing something about that. And just at the bottom, I put like self-crowned fittest director on earth. Just like, obviously I'm probably, I'm not, you know what I mean? There's, there's billions of people in this world. There's some director out there that's probably more fit than me for sure. sure. But I just put that and some dude was just like, bro, you're a, he commented, said something like, bro, you're a joke and like fittest director. And like, then I was just like, I just put like a crying face responded back. Usually I don't respond, but like every once in a while, it's fun to just go back and forth. And I just said that. And he was just like, I don't know. He says, I don't know, but it's like, yeah, it's just like, even to this day, like, I mean, it it happens all the time. It's just, and it's I don't, like, li- I literally do not have time. Like I'm we're already talking about like yeah. minimizing our screen time. Cause there's just so many other things pulling my bandwidth and attention elsewhere. Like, who has 10 minutes to craft this venomous thing message or comment i've never done it but maybe like when they hit enter they can kick back in their chair and be like yeah that one's gonna sting like i don't know the psychology of it yeah it's funny i listened to a joe rogan episode where like he talks about you know if there's a negative person like say in your office you just avoid them and you're like okay cool yeah yeah and stay away from them but like if that annoying or very venomous person is on the internet they're everywhere and they can follow you and it's like you can't yeah. get away from that it's like it yeah. kind of is insane that these people who you normally would just stay away from in your normal day-to-day life can literally have this platform to be yeah and i don't know if it does stem from yeah. like what i was talking I mean, about earlier maybe not like maybe they're like not at a point in their career where they want to be or like and they're instead of like using that as a chance to like light a fire under their butt and inspire them to create more or take opportunities to like further their work they're like you know i'm just gonna make this person feel like shit and mind you i've been on that end of it and when you get that negative comment or even when some of this like random uh, you know just stuff like that happens it like really does like kind of fog your brain like oh man like it, it really has affected me personally right. you know what i mean yeah and like even i mean shoot i probably where i got the most of it was when all that the the super bowl thing happened mm. with prism lens effects and it was just like an honest mistake you honest know? mistake we were genuinely like we make the same product we were hyped we saw it immediately the whole crew was like Literally, oh blue flare effects well, what's and, crazy is like we i don't know a lot of people know this but like a lot of our brand psychology or not psychology like a brand a lot of our brand image is people like literally tagging us like yeah 
hey, unboxed it. And like, we'd love to shout them out and like repost them. So like from day one, people will be like, at Prism Lens Effects, just received, thanks. And like, we'll throw it on the story. So like, literally we were all like skiing and snowboarding. We see several people at the Super Bowl, like using Prism Lens using Effects today stuff, yeah. with the blue flare on their on camera. The field, and like, yeah, literally watching it, we see the blue flare. It's like, oh, cool. Connect the dots. Saw someone there earlier. And we just assumed yeah. it was ours. And just, people just love, use that whole opportunity to like just Rip. completely just bring me it's like I, and I what's and what's crazy is a lot of people that were trying to rip me and bring me down were people that literally followed my blueprint that watched me on youtube subscribe got their whole filmmaking journey from me and like you know interviewed me one of them was someone who interviewed me about how i did what i did yeah. and like and just it's just crazy that that um people took they just looked for any moment to try and like. I just don't understand it's, like it's where wild. the the venom comes from. Like, what's the the Je- point? It's jealousy. People unhappy with their lives. Maybe that same imposter syndrome. Like, oh, I feel a little bit like a, a, a fraud, and so I, if I can bring this person down to my level or derail them a bit from what they're doing, like maybe it gives just me a chance to catch up. Gives me a chance. It's just to weird. Catch my up. brain isn't wired like that, so yeah. I'm struggling to speak on the issue because like. If we had an internet troll here, maybe they could like help us speak on it. It's just like, yeah. I just don't understand. Well, it. there's Chanel. My wife has a friend that just loves to be an internet troll. He literally gets enjoyment out of going on Facebook, wow. finding political po- person, finding political posts and like, you know, just typing stuff that get people like, and he loves it and yeah. he, he enjoys it. And so it's like, there are people out there that just want to cause drama and stuff on the internet and again that's why i also cut down like who i follow and how much i try and i try and everything i do on instagram for the most part is like answering the dms and posting the stuff that we need to post but i'm not sitting there scrolling on what my feeds are doing checking out all the stories and and then like scrolling just deep hole dive the one time i i will say that i get into like a that instagram deep holes when i get high like if i get high like i'll find myself like looking at some random like it doesn't even have to be film related usually it's film related stuff because i just like i'm so zoned out but i'll be (laughs) watching like you know uh i don't know random frenchy videos that i'm just like bro i would never in my daily life just be sitting here watching frenchy videos no but even in that like kind of altered uh perception you're not like leaving horrible like your frenchy's ugly no, no, bro, I couldn't imagine <laughs> yeah. making a comment like this Frenchie's ugly as hell. But there are people, there are people that do. will do that. And yeah. the, the same thing in terms of like the filmmaking shit, like this color is so oversaturated. Why'd you color it like well, that? Well, it's tricky because I like, think filmmaking weird. is so subjective. What you might like oh, art, in terms period. of like, like if I gave you a frame and me a frame and we both colored it, it's like a hand signature or a thumbprint. Yeah. It's going to look different. You're, the way you're going to color grade the contrast and the skin tones will be altered and different than mine. So like it's what you think is great and I think is great. Literally other people. So like it's tricky because it's it's like our art form, the thing that we do for a living is very subjective. So like when we have that opportunity to like put our stills or our frames or uh, a a little 16 by nine export on our feed for sort of like, hey, I'm proud of this. I think we're kind of afraid to be chewed up by it. You know what I mean? No, 100%. The best comments are though when you do the split screen of the raw image before and then the graded after and the comment, the before is better. And it's like, bro, that is the most flat raw image like you're, you're either just, being a troll or you just literally have 
have no taste whatsoever. Well, it's just like, because when you shoot on like a RED or a cinema camera, it's literally flat. Like, mil- yeah. I'm sure even like DSLRs have like the cine like yeah, D cine or style, flat style. Yeah, cine so like D. to prefer that to the grade, it's just like kind of, anyways. But yeah, um, I mean, whether they actually believe that or they're just saying, yeah. it, it's just, there's the people that take the time out of their day to say that stuff. And it's just, it kind of blows my mind. But, but I do think there are a lot of people, like, that's the thing, like I in one you might have like 100 comments and one of them is negative but there are also you have to kind of remember at the end of the day there are 99 people who are like dude this is so sick and like i mean you got to kind of do it for them do it for the people that obviously do rock with your work and like right. chase that versus dealing I, with dude i remember being at when i was had had the honeymoon house still and i did this thing where i was paying three people's rent and i put it out on my story like hey i know this covid shit's crazy um i'm gonna pay three people filmmakers rent this month like dm me kind of like your story or situation i'm gonna pick three people and i obviously had a lot of very grateful people but i also had a lot of people like bro the fact that you're putting this all over social media and like asking people to like to like help pay their rent is like very like uh, they thought it was like posturous and like I was trying to show that like hey I have money I'm paying like I don't know it's weird but and I got would you how else would I know to help this person or this person or yeah, this person I don't like know literally just send some random person money on like, demo, like yeah. I think his name is Steve you know dude and so it's like you're always gonna have those people and people there were some people that DM me like yo like that and probably people that also didn't DM me it was just like yo this is weird like why is he doing this and it's like yo I'm genuinely helping these people yeah, this pay isn't rent like a that, clout like, thing I'm literally trying to help somebody out yeah but it's funny it's, how like there's always kind of like a negative to everything there's there's always people that look at things in a negative light and situation and you know it just doesn't it doesn't matter there's always going to be those people that look at whatever you're doing and try and find the negative in it. You know, those people, there's people that are just negative in everything they do, or if they're not negative, just how they come off the rip with how they give, you know, feedback or anything, or genuinely like they say the negative thing first, or like, for example, I'm not going to try and name names, but there was a a client that I've had for years. Uh And literally like, whenever I send the edit back, the initial response always is never like yo i love this this is fire great job here da, da, da. The, it's always immediately like yo um this is this is kind of a kind of a mess or the text is all over the place and it's like okay like how do you want it different like do you even like the direction of it do you like this it's just like it's always it just always every single time i could always expect the first email note back was just like this is what's wrong never anything positive never like yeah can we just tweak a few things yeah you know never anything positive for sure there are people that just bring negativity first and it's not like he's a negative person it's just that's he just brings out it's never the positive oh this and that love that this but let's uh let's work on this it's always just like you you catch more bees with honey than vinegar vinegar, yeah it's just like by being nice and yeah i mean yeah i also want to talk to you about and I, i feel like this kind of speaks to this sort of you know constant psychology that we're battling on uh social media and stuff is like, I feel like there's also a level of like snobbery with like maybe certain people For that sure. have reached a certain success. So like, I think that also plays into the hyper curation of like, oh man, is my work good enough? Is this person I maybe idolize or think is doing dope stuff going to like look at this and be like, oh wow, I can't believe you posted that or whatever. And like, these are the things that people think about. Yeah. And I know that's like definitely like crippled people that I'm even friends with that are like, haven't posted in like years because they're like, oh man, like just haven't really done that project that's like up to that level. It's like, nah, like, and it's just yeah. like, I 
I, I don't know that that level of snobbery kind of like bothers me a little bit because I know we've even like tried like yo like we want to send you some free products like just use them or don't use them it's like oh yeah that's not really for me it's just like yeah I mean I guess you're entitled to say that I you know but it's just like I don't know the way they responded kind of made me feel like oh sorry like it's not up to snuff for you you yeah. know what I mean I don't know yeah no there are people that are like that I mean just within it's not just filmmaking it's going to be oh, within anything. Any, and I'm sure even any, more like celebrity industry. they just are at a tier where they're respected and they just think like oh yeah I'm the best you yeah. know what I mean yeah so, I don't know yeah I guess one last little story I'll share because I just want to like I think the best way to deal with imposter syndrome or anything we're talking about is literally by hearing two people literally share kind of break because I think the thing is you're kind of if you're, if you're feeling it, you're looking at people and you're only seeing this outer facade that we put out. People might only really see our outer facades of the things we yeah. post and talk about. So like, this is kind of an opportunity, like, yo, this is actually stuff that's going on. Like you're no different than us. And yeah. I think a case in point for me is like semi recently, probably a couple months ago, I remember I'm driving to set and it's funny, like when you, when I moved to LA, I'd always like in biking to school or like moving around LA, you'd like see all the grip trucks, right? Like yeah. just down the street, you're like, oh damn, that's a big movie, right? right. And you're like, oh, I cannot wait to, to do that one day. Like, you know, you see the generator, the art truck, the wardrobe truck, just a whole city block. Yeah. And I remember on a commercial I was on recently, pretty big commercial, I'm like looking at the call sheet map. I'm like one minute away from location and like I start to see the trucks and it's like art truck grip department truck, electric truck, and like literally a whole street. And I'm like driving up and I was steady cam hopping. And I was just like, wow, like I, I am I, am I qualified? I could, this is huge. Like I started like kind of have these, and I, right. the job ended up being so easy. I ended up just like crushing it. It was like just a, you know, a few steady cam shots, but I was just like driving up felt like, wow. damn, am I like an imposter? Like, should they have gotten someone who's more qualified? And like, right. dude, I killed it. And like, everyone was like, dude, these awesome. Thank you. But like, it's crazy how we kind of sometimes yeah. psych ourselves out. You know dude, what I mean? No, hundred percent. I just think that's, it's just natural to kind of doubt yourself. Cause even from the first time you threw on the sled at honeymoon, when we did that yeah. cat and mouse short film, one take, you crushed it. And I was like, bro, yeah, this thank is you, bro. butter. Like, yeah. it's, and that was like your first time doing it and you've only gotten better since. So like, yeah, you're great at what you do. And I've worked with a lot of other Steadicam operators where we've had balancey wobbly shots yeah. or like, just like can only go for so long. And like you like, for sure. so like you're really good at it and good at what you do, but it's crazy that you would still have those thoughts and feelings. And I, I don't think that ever goes away, man. No, no, I don't, I, I don't I think it does. I guarantee you if I, and I, I plan on it, I love what I do naturally. And like, I guarantee you in 10 years, 15 years, maybe and hopefully I'm on like some movie and I think it's natural to get like preset jitters but it's kind of a, a step what I'm talking about is like a step further where you're like damn like am I gonna blow it is everyone gonna look at me on something like dude what, get this guy off here like why is he here and like yeah. I don't know I, I guess like everyone kind of naturally feels like you're gonna be called out you know I, what I, mean? I think for me the biggest thing is I I don't want to let anyone down Same. And I feel like I think that's where my more like when it comes to just production stuff is and i guess if there's like a little bit of anxiety going into a project it's like i know what i can do i just want this to go the way i know it can it can go and the product i can deliver and i don't want to let anyone down i want this money to go as far as possible there's lots of people counting like i and i think it all for me stems from not wanting to let anyone down in hitting that mark of what i know i can do like i have a lot of belief in myself and i know i can do a certain thing and it's just like hey hopefully all the people pieces are here in place so that I can I can do that thing and not let anyone down give get the artist the most out of his budget or the client and so I think for me that's where um if anything's like those weird 
anxiety feelings lead to like like you were saying coming up to set like oh am i qualified to be here like that's where i think more my feelings come from is just like oh, i don't want to i don't want to let anyone down you know 100%, what i mean because yeah. Um, yeah yeah but yeah hopefully some of like the things we've shared and us like kind of let laying all the cards down let you know that like we're also not invincible like we have these feelings all the time and naturally i think it's just human nature it's not even like this isn't just like extend to just filmmaking i think yeah. it is human nature to sometimes feel inadequate or to sort of feel like you're not qualified to do the thing and at the end of the day i i think you know i think we all are qualified and if yeah. you have those feelings it's it's because you care about your yeah, craft enough i think that's a good point if you didn't you care. care you literally would not care if you the fact that you have these feelings is because you want to succeed you want to be doing the thing and yeah. want to put effort forward so i mean if anything it's a good thing that you're you know have these feelings yeah i mean those are good feelings to have because exactly it means you care about that thing if you did not care about that thing you wouldn't have those if feelings. i was going to just roll up the set and phone it in I'd, i literally wouldn't even pay any mind to all that yeah you'd be like oh, fuck, i don't care cool. like if it, yeah. whatever happens happens exactly like, but you're like no i want to do a good job i want to and it just that's what leads to those those feelings and so um but yeah, yeah. i think that kind of closes out this episode yeah. once again thank you guys so much for watching and listening um just to kind of close us out yeah you can find us on pretty much every streaming platform from spotify pandora the big ones apple music and our apple Podcasts. and if you can do us a favor we've been getting a lot of great feedback which does inform a lot of the, the yes, episodes please. this was one of the ones that was submitted like yo talk about this and yeah. do you guys experience it so this episode and this conversation stemmed from you guys just taking five minutes and just writing a comment or a review like it'd be awesome if you touched on x y and z so yeah um yeah thank you guys so much all right, it's Thomas Jake. You already know. <laughs> oh, gosh, that was a, that was. Bad. <laughs> <laughs>